Jonathan Stahl, welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Good to be here. Oh my gosh, your story and you <laughs> as a person are just extraordinary. I mean, 12 years ago, you, I'm, I'm telling you what you did, so this must be really fun. <laughs> you spent great. 242 days walking across the US. You know, I'm sure you've heard this, is a real life forest gump, shall we say. You're a walking <laughs> artist, building deep connections through walking, you just came out with your new book, Walk, which is aptly, aptly named. I'm so <laughs> excited to have you. So I have to ask you, I got to start with this. Yes. From the very beginning, were you like one of those kids that walked 10 miles uphill both ways to school and you were like a crazy walker? <laughs> did you start walking at like three months old and your parents were in shock about how you were able to walk? When did this all start? Oh my gosh. I, I wish that was my background. I wish I could say I did that every day. I... This honestly, it all started mostly with that long walk in 2010. I, you know, when I was younger, um, I mostly was shuttled around in a car. And so I talk about that in the book too, where, you know, I kind of describe it as like seeing the world go by with like my cheek kind of pressed up against the, the passenger side window and just like going by everything all the time. And so, no, like I had like little glimpses of hiking on trails a little bit once in a while as a kid, but. It was, it was mostly by car. So yeah, in 2010, when I decided to recalibrate. But so and, you decided to do, most people don't decide yeah, right. to do a 242 day walk. So that's true. There was nothing was before very that. I mean, did you do a, a five day walk prior to this or you I mean, went zero to 242? It was pretty much zero. I did, I did have a training walk kind of like two months, three months before in, in a blizzard in, in Denver. I was like, all right, I got to do something. I got to do something to just like can I even do this? And so I walked from Denver to Greeley, um, which is a two day walk in a sense, about 18 miles a day. <laughs> and, and it was hard. I was limping on day two. I was barely making it. And so it was like, all right, you think you're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. The bunions, the bunions must yes. have been nothing yes. pretty there. <laughs> okay. So why? Tell us about why you did the walk. What was yeah. going on in your life? Why did you feel walking was the answer? Talk to us. Yeah. You know, it was so, for me, it was a very personal journey. Very, very personal. It was, I was going through hard stuff. I was going through things that were heavy and complicated. I couldn't, couldn't really figure, figure them out just in the circumstances I was in, or even just in the mind. I, this was part of my coming out experience. This was part of um, me just accepting that I'm a sensitive artist, human being that, you know, struggles in more linear spaces and uh, careers. And I just, I, it, it, all these things were kind of crashing at once. And, and it was a, so it was a heavy season that was leading up to this discernment. And I stumbled, literally stumbled across the, there was the movie into the wild that came out that just rocked me. I, I if anybody have, has seen it, you know, I didn't relate as much to the running away frame that's in the movie. Yeah, you didn't go the, to a bus and live in a bus for a I long didn't, time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that did not end well. Right. 
and and there were so many things that that movie was portraying in the midst of this storm where I knew I needed to re recalibrate things or it was going to blow. Um, and so that movie was an interesting opening of things. And then a week after that, I stumbled. I was going to college at Metro State in Denver, and I, I stumbled upon, upon a book sale. There was Walk Across America by Peter Jenkins in the front of this 20 cent book sale. And I, I, I was, it's staring, it's staring right into my gut. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't care about my classes. I don't care about my tests. I don't care about anything else. I'm going to sit on this leathery sticky chair in the library. And I'm going to read this thing until, you know, until the end of time, whatever. And so I, I read it. Uh, canceled all my classes. I was crying. I was raging. <laughs> all the things. I mean, your parents right. must have been so happy about this, uh, right? Yeah, super happy, super supportive, and super worried, and all the things. Uh, it was so that book was helpful. It gave me some context. Wow. So it was like I. It was exactly what I felt like I needed to do. And specific to the walking, I was like, you know, to really, to really go into almost in some ways the terror of the unknown. Where am I going to sleep? What am I going to eat? Who am I going to meet? Did you plan it out? Like how much did you plan out where you're going to sleep and eat and those sorts of things? It was just like, let's just see what life has to score for me. Yeah. Drop me off. Drop me off at the Delaware coast and I'm just going to walk. I'm going to walk West (laughs) and I'll figure this out. And that's, I think that that was part of the draw, even though I was, I was terrified. I was part of the draw was to like, I want, because, you know, I I talk in frames a lot related to uh, when I think about and reference the, those early days. And, you know, in rite of passage, you've heard, maybe heard that term or things where you're just, you know, I, I had a lot of things inside of me that were like, you don't, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to feel strong. I don't have what it takes to feel like I can survive this, that I could survive the unknowns day after day. And, um, and I, and that was really hard for me. It was hard for me to carry. I, I hated myself related to my sexuality, sexual orientation and my art. I mean, these were dark things that yeah. I was struggling with. And I knew I, I, like I wanted a, a slow, unhurried, uh, raw uh, experience that would just in all the ways move me into a place where I could finish, at least try to finish and be like, I have what it takes. I just walked across the desert. I just walked across the Rocky Mountains. I just walked across 14th. I have what it takes. <laughs> we started in Delaware. Where'd you end the walk? I started in I, I started in Delaware at Lewis and then finished in San Francisco. Oh, you actually perfect. did completely perfect. across America. Across, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's you Lewis and Clark did. Yes, very much. Okay. <laughs> I always like to find out experiences relative to people's expectations. Mm. Yeah. What, tell me, you know, one positive surprise or start with either the positive or negative. What was one negative surprise? You expected this and it was worse than you expected because yeah. not everything works out and some things. Uh, and tell me something that kind of was, you know, serendipitous and you couldn't believe in a positive. I'm sure there's many of those, but share on both sides. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I will say the the shocking thing in, in the hard, the heavy in the hard. And, and this is kind of twofold. I'm going to, there's two things and I can't choose one over the other. So I'm going to frame, I'm going to throw two out. Yeah. Great. But one, one was the, the, just the mental, the mental game, the games, the mental mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. I mean, just not being able to, I mean, over and over, not knowing where I'm going to stay, not knowing what's around the next corner over, over the next horizon. 
I, the, the, the journey of mental, uh, whatever toughness, working through how you nurture your mind in a, in an experience like this. Cause it's not walking so across you... the U S is like, yeah, it's roads and towns. It's not a trail where you have kind of turn by turn. Yeah. So like the logistics and figuring out where to go and how to go and take the next step was a, was presented just a lot of challenges. Yeah. I, I think just, just, Daunt, I mean, 18 miles in the humidity, uh, sweating, not sure if you're going to, where you're going to sleep. I mean, day after day after day, there were just, there were definitely seasons where the mind was like, <laughs> no, no more. And, and I, and the second thing that I want to share that's connected to this yeah. is the, um, because I was walking a lot of roads or a lot of side roads and through towns, cause I wanted that I wanted to connect with people and communities and, um, was, and this is a part of what became a lot of my creative work now and what's included in the book a lot but um was just the like kind of the harm if you will of being a pedestrian uh alongside you know so much traffic and high speed kind of car orientation throughout our towns and i i did not at all prepare for that like i i just prepared for it so the mental toughness of like god can i get through this humidity where am i going to sleep what what's going on and you add the barrage of the constant physical cattle trucks, trucks spraying you moving, just like, and this is why, you know, a lot of people are like, dude, just get on the trail, man. Like, and I, you know, so for me, it but was it's a, a tension, totally different experience, totally different being, being on the trail versus yeah. meeting people and yes. being in communities. And yes. I really want to hit on communities, but let's, let's talk about some of the positive surprises. Yeah. And, and then, and then I'd love to go into some of the people that you met and the communities you got, you got a part of, cause we're all about keep connected. Yes. Let's hear about some of the positive sides too. Uh, by far the positive, the, 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 the top of the top was the, um, and, and just what I was not at all prepared for. I knew I would meet interesting people. I knew I would make connections of course, but the s- literal hour by hour stumbling upon everyday people, strangers, people in all walks of life. I, it, I stayed with 120 strangers when I was on this journey. I mean, and, and that's, it just blew me away to be approaching community intersections, gas stations, towns, people stopping and checking on me, whatever it was, and just to be approaching this in kind of an unhurried way, you know, walking has this humble nature to it because it's, it's our humble frame kind of moving around, whether it's on foot or on a wheelchair. And it, and I just, and literally being, having that, having the time and the kind of attention to stumble upon hundreds of people who were so curious about my journey, would share things with with me, would move with me, would host me, would throw lasagnas out the the fire trucks, would throw food out the windows as they're passing by. I had people pull over and give me massages on the side of the highway. Like, I mean, it was just... How did people... So did you say to someone, hey, is it okay for me to stay over? Or did people just volunteer? How how did the conversation come up to stay with 120 different people? It was all, it was all the above. I, you know, so I was raising, I knew I wanted something to kind of help move me outside of kind of getting really deep all the time inside my own stuff. And so I raised awareness for an organization called Kiva, which helps with micro lending. It's an amazing, socially responsible, awesome group. And I was working with that. And so in some ways I would like, I'd reach out to some groups as I'd approach towns just to do these kind of little educate like these talks for students or or groups and so sometimes that would lean 
into a host family, but I would say most of the time, most of the time, when I, ca- I kind of call it the, the evolution of trust. You just kind of, it just kind of surfaces and grows over time. And it starts with, and you're right to the, to a point I would be like a lot of times, Hey, you know, people would come up and they'd be like, Hey, do you need anything? Can we help you? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm looking for a place to stay. I'm looking for a place to just pit. And I would always just start. It'd with, be nice to shower. And you, and yeah. they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I could tell. It would be nice if you showered. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, but it would always start with, you know, and I was very intentional, just like, can I just pitch my tent on your property? Uh, very can I just nice. pitch my very tent nice. on your property? Very I'll be nice. out first thing in the morning. So really low barrier. Yeah. And, and nearly every time it would be like, well, as, as I'd be setting up, as we'd be talking and be like, well, let's, you can come have dinner with us or, mm. you know, I forget the tent, sleep on our, ca- you know, I ha- have our, ge- have our bedroom. <laughs> like it just, it just so often would, 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 would grow into that place of compassion and uh, generosity. Yes. And everywhere, all backgrounds. I just, it was, it was, it was profound. And I bet yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if many people who truly lacked means were sometimes even more generous. Oh yeah. Than people that may have had significant means. Yeah. And that sometimes always blows my mind. Um, yeah. You know, that, that reality. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were so many things, you know, learning, you know, also, I mean, so many things related to class and even race stuff, you know, thinking I'm a white man moving through these spaces and hmm, would this be as, would I be as welcome or would I be like really being constructive and honest? And, but, you know, I, well, not, but I would just say, and with that, like, uh, we would, I, so often people who would host me, we'd go on these that would join me for like the next morning for maybe the first hour, or they'd walk <sighs> with me into their community. be like, Hey, like, can I join you as you come into our town? And, you know, and I was very intentional to bring things like that up in our conversations, just questions about, cause I was, I was on that journey of like, I, I want to be, I want to grow into being comfortable talking about the uncomfortable in a way that's, you know, in a way that can be nurtured and not like pushing us further away, but like in a way that can be held by the walking. Um, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have had all those words for it then, but I, that's what was happening. I was so intentional that I'm on this. I'm, I'm very intentional. I'm, I'm walking to shed the bullshit. I don't, I want to be out. I want to love who I am. I want to lean into the hard things and I still want to try to lean and, into trust and love and connection. How can we do this? And if I may, while you were walking, was there an evolution in terms of you sharing with people, I'm gay? Yeah. You actually, like in the beginning, maybe less. And then as right. time went on, you is that what happened? Or It absolutely happened. And it was Amazing. really intentional, um, especially when we were, because I just knew, I think I, it, it was so much easier and it felt so much more spacious when we were moving um, and we were walking together. Like you just can't, you know, we're, our, our bodies are moving forward. I always frame it like we're under this huge open sky. We're literally moving. We're in motion. We're not in this kind of, in the stuckness of whatever inside of walls. Like we're in this huge, unknown universe in a sense. And so how it's so much easier, at least to me, it felt so much easier to really go into complex, more honest things while we're, uh, while we were moving. And that happened. It just, it just happened all the time. I think so much better when I'm walking. I'm a better listener personally when I'm walking, Mm -hmm. you know, my wife will sometimes say, Hey, let's talk about something. I'm like, 
can we go for a walk and talk? Because I know if we go for a walk and talk, I am going to be more engaged and yeah. be able to be better at the conversation and listening if we do that. And my, you know, my wife and I, we take walks almost every evening. We just were taking a walk last evening, in fact, and there was another couple taking a walk. And we said, hey, good to see you. Never see you walking. And they said to they said, well, we felt like we were you guys when we started walking <laughs> because we see you walking everywhere in the mornings and the evenings, et cetera. Love. So what is it yeah. about walking that is so um, healthy from a brain standpoint? Obviously, it's healthy physically. We know yeah. that. But yeah. how does it affect your kind of your your brain and your chemistry and, and everything else to such a great extent? Yeah. Oh, it's endless. I, I can't even, I, yeah, I love hearing that with you and your, your patterns and how much you love it's and just the, the clarity that you're describing, the lightness, the capacity to be available to whoever you're moving with in a way that maybe doesn't show up in other spaces. So it, it's, it's so important, you know, when I kind of frame this stuff out or in the book too, but just like, it's not just by chance. It's not just like, oh, like it just so happens that like walking helps me. It's like, wait, this is like, this is science. This is biology. This is like our neuro networks. There's an amazing, another author, neuroscientist, Shane O'Mara has a great book called In Praise of Walking. And it's a full book on the neuroscience of how our brains and our bodies are shaped to move the way we're made to. And we think about evolution. We think about being upright. Even if you're on a wheelchair powered scooter, motion and bilateral movement, eyes scanning left to right. Some people will reference EMDR treatment, if you've heard of that, where it's a therapy actually very specific to trauma and things that are heavy inside of our hearts and bodies where we store stress and heaviness consciously, subconsciously. Um, but the thing that I'll just name without getting too nerdy here is like the, the, the thing that I love to share is that after about 15, 20 minutes, your brain actively starts to create new, new neuro pathways. So you're after 15, 20 minutes, you are, you are literally clearing, uh, you're, you're moving and breaking apart stuckness, like things that are stuck thoughts, things that feel heavy. I always describe it like kind of a shedding of skin, a shedding of, of things that feel heavy and, and, and aren't moving. So those can be thoughts, fears, uh, complex things you're trying to discern in a relationship or at work. And after 15, 20 minutes that you literally start, it's not instant solving things. I mean, that's not, but it breaks it up and it literally like physiologically you're shedding it and your brain is actively creating new neural pathways at the same time after 15, 20 minutes. Wow. And, and, and that's what you're feeling when you all of a sudden have more space to listen and be available to what your partner's trying to communicate or say, or the birds and to be available to a sunset and even your own kind of aches and dreams and tensions within like it, 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 it is what we're made to be doing. <laughs> and, and it, it reveals itself in those ways all the time. I mean, it's completely biological, which is why, you know, obviously COVID was a beyond tragedy in this yeah. world for so yeah. many people, but there are um, bright spots that come from crisis and that come from tragedy. One of them was the millions of people that are were walking more during COVID and continue to walk more during COVID. You know, when COVID hit, because I'm such a walker, um, I created a WhatsApp group with my 10 closest friends. Yeah. And it was called Six, Six Feet from David. 
when mm. people th- couldn't walk next to each other, you know, in the early days, they were afraid. <laughs> right. And I would just send a post on, on a WhatsApp group and be like, who wants to walk now? Yeah. And I would just go on walks with, with random yes. people all the time. And, uh, and we continue that. I still have a friend just reached out to me yesterday. He's like, Hey, when are we going to go for a walk? And wow. we never would have done that prior yeah. to COVID. So I think the world is finding positive ways of doing what yeah. you've known to do for so oh. long. So good to hear. And it's so just in friendship and relationships, colleagues, so many people like have, you know, literally informally, uh, you know, in kind of enforced in a way walking, or if you're again, rolling, I'm always trying, it's not just by foot, it's, you know, on a wheelchair as well, but like unhurried, like movement meetings, walking meetings, like making it like, Hey, we have something, whatever, like really like trying to enforce that as an actual toolkit. So you're maximizing creativity and connection and all these things. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I saw um, uh, a conference room with like six treadmills nice. where people were having meetings and yes. they'd be walking on the treadmills during Love the meeting and, and they would be able to be more creative. Yes. Those meetings. Yes. So let's talk about you started <laughs> a meetup group Yeah. after the major walk called Walk to Connect. You continued the group for 10 years now. Yeah. You've had so many different events. Yeah. Tell us about the group. Tell us about the type of events you have. Um, please love to hear more because this is the Meetup Podcast. So yes. love to hear more. Oh, I'm just so grateful. It was such a, you know, the, back to that initial question of what was so surprising in a positive way. The connections I was making with people was it was, it was just it was profound and on all the levels and not just like kind of quick connections. I had people join me and walk with me, move with me for hours, sometimes days at a time. Wow. Uh, people who I stayed with and moved with uh, flew out to San Francisco to finish with me at the at, as I reached the beach. I mean, these things were just and I the the detail that was really, really, really tangible for me, though, was and this is after my long walk, I was like, All right, I have to keep moving for my own health, well-being. It's, you know, moving in this way. And I kind of start the book with like walking is my greatest teacher. And, and I just I don't. I want to continue to learn from nature and landscapes in the outside world and what comes up on the inside or what can move between another being or a group of people when I'm, I want to continue learning this way. So I'm, I need to commit to this, but how do I help try and experiment with bringing others into this? Accountability. It's great. Yeah. Like just trying to like shape. And I've, you know, previous to the long walk, I've, I've worked in, you know, community, some community organizing stuff, some nonprofit stuff, some, I was working in refugee resettlement for a little bit. I, I was doing, I'm an artist. That's kind of my home. So I had all this energy that was kind of at least already starting to hold space for connections and, and, and creative expression. And so I just kind of put all that together and I, and I just, and I, I stumbled upon meetup as like, cause I knew I wanted a tool, a container for how to make be connecting between people easier uh, for people to find events for people to, and just the, the frame of meetup, you know, from the beginning, like just literal connection, feel connected, be, be a part of connection, feel connected to a community, feel seen by people, feel like you can, whatever. And I just was, I, I was like, okay, this is, this is a no, it's a no brainer that I am just experimenting with this tool as I experiment with how to, and so I called the meetup walk to connect. Cause I was like, 
this is, I do want to focus it on, on human, human. Yeah. It was just, it was very simple. Um, but it's not I, like walk to exercise. No, that's nice. Yeah, but but it's nice. But this is about connection. So nice. we're going to like, we're going to nurture the connection. And over time, it just, you know, I, it's funny. I always start off with, because I had just finished this long walk, my first meetup events were uh, my, my first one that I posted. Cause you know, what, what I liked is when you start a meetup, a lot of people, you know, Meetup does a great job of reaching out to these different local zip codes and then drawing in kind of an initial audience for people who are interested, which was great. So I had a couple of my first meetup after the long walk was a 26 mile walk. That's aggressive. <laughs> that's aggressive. A little bit aggressive. But I was like, well, that's what I was used to. Maybe there's people out there that want to. You're like, that's, a, that's like a, that's a lazy day for me. This is the medicine I'm needing. So let's start with where I'm at. And nobody showed up. Let's be real. And um, so I'm like, okay, well, let's do 24 for the next one. <laughs> it's clearly 26 is a marathon. Let's bring it down a little bit. Yeah, nobody showed up for the 24. So I'm like, fine, I'm gonna do 18. <laughs> so I was, my learning curve was not was not as uh, uh, but I I did post an event for 18 and I had three people show up. Real 18 yes. is a lot of miles. I know. Now I'm now I'm like, gosh, man, just you could have. Like, what was I that. thinking? So when, what, what's the sweet spot? Five miles, three miles? So, you know, it, it ranges. And I, after that initial, you know, after I started kind of working it all out and testing and teasing things out, um, it more and more people started joining more and more people were like, Hey, can we do like, can we do uh, less mileage? Can we do like something a little more frequent? Can we do? And then I was like, I need to just I'm learning. I learned so much on my long walk. I'm learning so much right now, hosting all these events. I want to, how can I experiment with training people? And so then we started doing trainings where we would call them walking movement leaders. And it was all about maximizing connection and, and, and training people to use meetup and the events. And then it became an organization and then it became a co-op. And then, I mean, and then it was just hundreds of events, hundreds of leaders hosting events all over the place. And our training and our kind of our ethos was maximizing connection oh. through unhurried movement. And uh, it ranged, you can imagine, I mean, it was, we had a, we had, we have, cause we, we had to close as an organization last year with the pandemic, but we're still a community. We're still hosting events. We're still doing things. Um, but we, we had kind of these categories of like fitness and, exploratory. If you're stopping and going and doing some education or a theme, we had gentle for like just unhurried pace, take your time. And we had our kind of our, our main was conversational, which was like a two mile an hour. We're moving and we're centering uh, the health and connection of everybody in the group. And I, it was, <laughs> it was amazing. And it is amazing. We're still doing it uh, and, and, and so grateful for all the relationships and what happens. And this is what I, is so because of everything you and I talked about as we started this conversation related to just feeling more freed up to be with people and to be available for more genuine connection. Uh, the people that have been going on these, like this morning, I, I showed up and I'm like, Hey, I'm wearing a hat. I'm sweaty. I just finished because it's our weekly Tuesday morning. It's the first oh. weekly event on meetup was every Tuesday morning. Um, it's, we call it our Park Hill Sunrise Walk in East Denver. We've been doing this since 2011. Woo. And the people who are on this walk are like in each other's will, are, are a part of like marriage ceremonies, are 
house sitting and doing the things that community could should be doing as we think about these like, are not casual relationships. These are not they started casual. off casual, but yeah. the depth. I mean, these are That's lifelong, right. lifelong, lifelong relationships. That's right. Ah, amazing. Okay, can you share some best practices for someone who's going to lead a meetup group or any group around walking? Yeah. What are some what's some advice you would you would give? Because I read about a couple of things that that you've suggested. Yeah. Why don't you share? And then if you, if you don't share a couple of things that I, that I'm thinking, then then I could add them on. But but what's what two, three, four, five different suggestions you would give? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, th- so the two that come up, I, I'll, I'll say three. The three that come up right away are um, we always start our events always start and finish in a circle. Um, it just, it seems basic and simple, but really like knowing that we're a moving kind of ecosystem of people and we don't leave people behind or we leave just to encourage that. There are plenty of meetups and events where you're like, all right, good luck. We're going. But for this to really like hone in on nice. connection and and help thread like trust to build trust and to, to build community within your, you know, your collective, what you're inviting starting and finishing in an, like I call it an, we kind of call it a, a connection introduction circle. So if there's time, it's not just names, but it's a little bit about what, why are you here? If, and if it's a repeating recurring event, you know, if it's just the regulars, then you may not need that much time at the beginning. But if you have just one new person, just one, then you do that whole thing. You, you I love you, it. You, you care for that, you, that one person who took a big risk to kind of move into a regular group. Yeah. And don't, don't forget your second and third, I hope. Right. I recently went on a meetup hike and this is so true for hikers as well. And we started off in a circle. Yeah. Each person introduced themselves, yeah. talked a little bit about their background and it was just, it made the entire hike yeah. um, so much more enjoyable because we could then relate different things that we had just heard to different person, people that we're then, you know, potentially walking with. So go into the second one. Yes. Yeah. So the second one, um, I, this is just, it's been so helpful to learn this over time and it's always imperfect. It's never going to come across like clean as you experiment with doing it, <laughs> but it's experimenting with how you break up uh, the pairings of people in a movement journey. So like sometimes you just get stuck <laughs> and you don't want to be maybe moving with the same person the whole time. That's not a negative thing. It doesn't need to be seen as a negative, but I always find to maximize connection with a collective, how can you kind of as a host kind of break it up a little bit. So for example, on a lot of these, on a lot of these walks, you know, we might be 15, 20, 30 minutes into the event. We're at an intersection. We're all waiting to cross the street, but have a couple points where everybody can catch up just in general for health and pace and helping people feel connected. Like they don't have to just accommodate constantly to the fastest pace. And so have rest points and break points. And then at those break points, just encourage people to change it up. Hey, Let's mix up who you're moving with if right. you want to, no pressure. And also, like, it's okay if you just need a break from being talky and chatty on a walk. Like, if you just want to chill and just know that you're moving with a group. So that kind of leads into the third thing that I was going to share is just the permissions at the beginning. I, I find giving permissions uh. at the beginning is so helpful because we all range the introvert, extrovert spectrum. And sometimes those ranges change in a day. Sometimes we've had a really hard day. So we want to connect with our group, but that not that may not be in talking form. And so you just giving permissions as a host to say, hey, all right, just so you know, welcome to our space. 
Don't feel any pressure to be overly social. If you want to pull back and hang back and just walk with our group and just, just take it in, but be in a shared space, that's cool. If you need to back out of a conversation or choose into one, do it. Like those permissions are huge. You're weaving connections. So yeah. So many groups, not just walking groups, not just hiking groups, but can benefit from those three suggestions, I hope our many meetup listeners are are taking note and how that could apply to their groups. You know, you made a decision when you were in college and I'm sure your parents were like, what is Jonathan <laughs> doing? And your friends said the same thing. But I can imagine that the people that you love in life and people who love you are so deeply proud mm-hmm. of what you have been doing. Because when I read about some of the focus that you've had on elderly, mm-hmm. some of the focus you've had on handicapped, mm-hmm. your recent focus on refugees. I'm I'm blown away, amazed with how you're taking the passion of yours and and you're doing so much good. Please just share a little bit more around any of those groups or all of those groups if we have time. But elderly, handicapped, refugees. Share share a little bit more about 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 each, please. Mm. Thank you for that question. Yeah, I so the I'll just the the first chapter in the book is called Walking as Human Dignity. Um and I think coming from so when I started my long walk in 2010, I I had come from working in refugee resettlement. And so I just had this huge education. I was working in both development, helping to fundraise, but I was also working in intake. And so I was the first person often a lot of the families would see as they're relocating here to U- the U.S. from all over the world. And so all the things that come with that, just the shock of our culture, the differences. And, and because of my walking and movement as a pedestrian and just, you know, or, or at least that kind of in hindsight. So before that, I wasn't doing that. But as I did the long walk, my, my radar around transportation was so heightened because of what I had experienced and what I was trying to help the families with as they would relocate before I did this walk. So I was always thinking about their experience. What would it be like? How would they get around? So that was always on my radar, uh, is always on my radar. Um, but as I walked more and more and became, you know, I haven't owned a car since. I had a car for a year and a half when I was caring for my grandfather, but I, I, I'm primarily a pedestrian. And I can't, I can't even begin the education that I have received and absorbed related to um, the, and I use the term harm a lot, but also oppor- it's an opportunity too. It's not, it's an invitation around how unsafe and inaccessible so many of our communities are for people who have no choice but to be walking. And I'm always weaving this into the trainings that we do with meetup events and leaders and things like that is as you're out moving for recreation, for connection, for health, be an advocate, be of the mind, filter this pedestrian safety framework. How are people in general able to move the way they're made to safely with dignity, with care? So I think about bus bus bench, like bus stop benches and shelters, safe intersections that have an, plenty of time for elders and anyone on a wheelchair to move safely to the other side of the road, to get to the park, to get to the grocery store. What is it like to get to the grocery store? Where do where where is low mixed income housing in your community? And what is it like to get to bus routes and practical destinations if you don't have a car? There are millions of people that don't um, that don't drive for legal, financial, medical reasons, and uh, it is it is 
hard. And it is, it, 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 and so I have a project called Pedestrian Dignity, which is meant to be a very raw, uh, it's a very raw storytelling project around the vantage point of what it's like to move through kind of practical spaces as a pedestrian. And so, um, so yeah, the, the beginning of that chapter, Walking as Human Dignity, is kind of weaving in this, um, you know, it's, it's never, so in a lot of my work, it's not car shaming, it's not saying get rid of all cars, it's just, it's really taking an honest, humble look at something that is, when we think about meetup, we think about connection, something that is literally separating us uh, in so many ways from each other. So if we were more naturally moving the way we're made to, alongside of people who have radically different experiences than we do. So let's, you know, thinking specifically to your question of refugees, potentially, like, and we're able to maximize our capacity to listen to their stories and hear their truths and what they've gone through. Like all that, all, all these things, it, you know, if our built environments would make that more of a priority so that we can more naturally stumble upon kind of this, this, again, I use the term universe a lot, this universe of <laughs> lived experience. And so, Anyway, I, that, that, and the beauty of it is listening to the stories. You're not distracted, right? You're not distracted. You're not, right. you don't, when you're sitting, you can pull out that phone. Yeah. When you're walking, it's a lot harder. When I walk, I leave my phone at home. I don't want to take my yeah. phone with me when I'm, I never know what time it is. It's terrible, but, but I purposely try not to take my phone with me when I'm taking a walk because I don't want yeah. that distraction. Yeah. You have created, I'm sure you've heard this before. So sorry to be like dad joke or whatever, <laughs> but like, you really created a movement around movement, yeah. And um, and and I think it's it's just exceptional. Um, I need to move now, my <laughs> words, to rapid fire questions. So it's going to be a very quick question. Yeah, I and love I it. need a very quick answer. You know, okay. five second answer for each one. Okay. And deal. Uh, and here we <laughs> are moving based on the movement on movement. Okay. First time you saw yourself as a leader, Jonathan. Oof. I probably. Yeah, probably throughout and during and, and shortly after that long walk. That was, that's where it really felt honest and genuine. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing when you're doing who you are yeah, and what you're right. passionate about. Yes. That's when leadership can happen. Yeah. You could access a time machine, go anywhere you want in the world at any point in time. Where are you going? I have a, uh, an amazing UFO story, y'all, in the book, in Nevada, um, the high desert of Nevada, walking across Highway 50, the loneliest, they call it the loneliest highway. Those early mornings where the wild horses would be within sight and the mist would float over the blue sage, um, I I would go there. I'd go there all the time, just to, oh. just to, just all the time. <laughs> I'd go there. I said, I've got to go there now. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm putting it on my bucket list uh, to hit the, hit the Nevada um, lonely highway. Yes. Speaking of bucket list, <laughs> what is on your bucket list? Name one thing left on the bucket list. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, mm -mm -mm. it's, of course it's walking related. I would love, I don't know where or how, but I would love to spend months just moving along near constant, constant proximity to a beach or a coast. So I'd love to just be, uh, have kind of uninterrupted walking time for months and months on a, in a coast, on a coast, near a coast somewhere. So that feels really, really, really important in a bucket list space. Yeah. Well, 
I've heard Italy has some nice coasts and some yeah. nice coastal towns. So, so perhaps one day I imagine that could be quite, quite, quite stunning. Yeah. Last question, which is, um, you have so many years ahead of you and you're doing so much good. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the decades ahead. But what do you want, what do you most want to be remembered by Jonathan? The thousands of people that I've moved with at one to three miles an hour and the stories that they've shared with me are, uh, are so precious. So just someone that to be known as someone who has so genuinely or tried <laughs> imperfectly to really witness like what's actually going on inside of another is, is a really important thing for me. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, they say fast is slow mm. and slow is sometimes the fastest and mm. helping people to slow down yeah. can be the fastest way to kind of drive learnings. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, today's podcast went very fast for me. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for being a incredible meetup organizer, for mm. being an incredible person, for driving connections between people. Thank and um, I can't wait to read the book that just came out. And I'm going to literally go out and buy it right now. Yay. So thank you so much again. <laughs> thank you so much. Honored to be here. Grateful for your questions and time. So good. Well, in case you couldn't tell, I really enjoyed that conversation and I really just am excited about taking a walk right now. Hopefully you are too. Some of the takeaways. In 15 to 20 minutes, our brain neurotransmitters start growing and building and it's just so biologically valuable. Some of his best practices around finding other people to walk with, giving people permission to walk and talk or take some time for themselves. And finally, being comfortable with being uncomfortable and how all of us can grow from that experience. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, check out my new book, Decide and Conquer. And remember, let's keep connected because life is better together. David Siegel here, your favorite podcast host. I have something important to share. Check out my new book, Decide and Conquer, to really get to know my story at Meetup. You know, the hardest thing about community leadership is making tough decisions when the stakes are high. And I'll tell you, they were never higher than when Meetup was owned and sold by WeWork. In my new book, Decide and Conquer, I'll walk you through a counterintuitive framework for decision-making and the epic journey of Meetup's surprising survival. Good leaders deliberate, great leaders decide. Order my book today by visiting decideandconquerbook.com or anywhere books are sold. Think you'll like it.